What an exciting morning to be a part of. How many of you celebrated the new year like you've never celebrated before? Thank you so much. How many of you blew whistles and danced like you never danced? <laughs> if there ever was a time to celebrate, amen, the, the, the leaving of the old and the coming of the new. Um, exciting to see what God's going to do with ISA and Pastor Rick. Would you grab me those notes that are the anointed notes, hopefully? Let's hope. Let's hope this has the keys. I was telling Rick, he'd be so impressed with me, and Chris can testify that I, I, usually, I usually study in my office, but I decided to study in the, the kitchen. And, and I had everything out. Like I had um, two Bibles and laptops and, and concordance, and, and I don't know if it made me look more spiritual, I don't know, it made me feel good, right? Like I was really digging in and really studying, and um, so it was good. And I really believe that God gave me a word, and this is not really a new word. Some of you heard a part of this, but, but I really, after Rich last week and after praying, I really got confirmation as to this is the way God wanted me to go, so... I'm going to be up to bat for the next couple of weeks. And after me, as some of you heard, um, Sylvia Evans is going to be preaching. And I know she was one of your professors at Elam. She's preaching the 17th. Rick, you're going to have to go online and you're going to have to hear that word, brother. Um, I know that she, I love her. She, she is something else. So I'm really looking forward to, hopefully, this is going to be a really uh, interesting three weeks. So. This morning, um, this is where I want to go, and this is where I'm going to go this week and next week, and then I'm going to, I just want to talk a little bit to you about 2020, not a whole lot, because how many of you are tired of hearing about 2020? It's time to move on, right? It's time to go into 2021. I know that just because the date changed, that there's not this miraculous, how many of you were hoping that you'd wake up <laughs> and there had been a great reset? Right, things were cool and normal, and but we 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 knew that wouldn't happen. But yeah, it does it does help us get a fresh perspective. Hopefully, the next two weeks I'm going to deal with a couple things. I'm going to deal with. Let me back up a little bit. About four or five years ago, some of you already heard us, but it's it's worth repeating for those of you that are online and haven't heard this. I really sought God, and this is encouraging. I think for all of you. Different seasons of our lives, we have different areas, I think, of influence in ministry. Does that make sense? Now, there's a general call in our lives, but there seems like different periods. He puts us down different paths in different areas that we really concentrate on. And I was seeking God, and I said, listen, I really need to know what is, what is, what is the thing you want me to preach for the next season of my life? Now, I know that I'll preach a lot of things, and, and it was very clear to me when God showed me this. He said, I wanted you to do these things, mainly. I want you to ignite God's people, ignite, ignite their gifts, ignite their call, get them actually excited to be a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. Can anybody help me preach? That actually you're excited to live this Christian experience Every day. 
Can anybody say good preaching, Jeff? Ignite. I mean, actually believe what we talk about. That when we come out of here on Sunday morning and throughout the week that we're living this thing. And, and in that igniting that, that, that the world would see us actually excited to serve the living God. Isn't that something different? We're light in the earth. We're the salt. And so, and then God began to show me that we need to once again investigate and understand our rights as born-again believers, our spiritual rights, where he's positioned us in Christ. And finally, I'm telling you, it's a season to fight again. The church, church better learn how to fight. Because can I tell you what, in 2020, the fight has come to us. Does that make sense? And if you choose to retreat, and if you choose to be defensive in your Christian walk, I hate to tell you something, 2021 will not be a good year for you. If you choose to be offensive-minded in your Christian experience in a warfare, it will be successful for you. But this is not a season to hunker in, hunker down, and just hang in there, baby. That doesn't work. Can anybody say amen? And so that area, these, this is the area that God has put me and herald to me to be able to preach and to teach on. Now listen, um, thank God for the diversity of the body. And one thing that I finally decided at an old age, older age, just, just be content in what, you know, we, Brian said this, stay in your lane. And we've been saying this as an eldership team as we've been going through this transition and change and just be what God's called you to be, Donna. Right? Listen, whatever Donna's called to be, if she becomes the Donna that God has called her to be, she's great in that path, in that anointing, in that purpose, in that call. She will change the world if she's the Donna that God's called her to be. But if Donna chooses to want to be somebody else or step out of her call or not obey her call then all of a sudden she's not nearly as effective as she's supposed to be. Does that make sense? 2020 has been a, a while. I said this at the outset, and I want to say this again, and I'm, I'll be very careful, listen to me, I'll be very careful not to get my opinions and my personality this morning um, in my sermon, because I have a lot of them. I really do. And you don't want to hear my opinions. I get really frustrated when preachers put their opinions right and say it's God but at the end of the day I said two things when we went into this that our foundations would be tested we would find out where our foundation was and if we had cracks if we had issues or not and that that's both personally and corporately and I said that we would also have to be cover up be careful of the voices that we allowed to penetrate right and so hopefully at least those two things you discovered, that you've learned how to hopefully strengthen your doctrine, your foundation. Because I'm telling you, some of the stuff that I've seen come out from the evangelical church, I was highly disappointed. And that's all I'm, I love the church. I love the church. I believe in the church. We will win in the end, right? We will overcome. But I'm telling you, there was... There was voices that came out that frustrated me that weren't biblical, that were based on emotions and tribal. I just, it was craziness. And it's through so many 
baby Christians into disarray, right? And if there's anything that we better take from this 2020, you better have a good foundation. Because when the storms and the trials come, remember, it better not be on sand, but it better be on a firm foundation. And so we discovered in the midst of this, those that really had some good, strong foundation, those that didn't. And at the end of the day, we do know the tragedy of a lot of that's when going on is that people have struggled with all sorts of issues, right? Can we be honest about that? That's not being, like I said, it's not being, um, you're, not, you're not being unspiritual when you bring out the facts of what happened. We know that depression and isolation and, 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 and mental illness and drug addiction and is Rich and Ann here? Did they leave me? I'd have to say when I was thinking about this, we already know you did the class. I've been to different conferences. We already know that pornography and sexual addiction is, is running out of control. How do you think that went over the pandemic period? You think it got better? You think it got healed? I can tell you what, it got worse, right? When, when you're isolated and you're bored, boredom and a lot of time on our hands is not always a good tool. Can anybody say amen? And so there's been a lot of this stuff that has attacked us personally, that has attacked the church, that we really have to at least say that went on. But pressing forward, I'm hopefully out of this, as you heard Rick talk about some and others talk about that it should be a season to reboot reset right we heard about the idols coming down right and God has done that and by the way government's still going to crumble there's still things yet to happen in that arena my heavens is that thing a mess right now that's all I'm going to say that thing's a mess and I believe God's going to clean it up one way or another can anybody say amen so let's just put that in God's hands and continue to pray. All right, so 2021. There's been, I'm not going to give you a specific word this morning, um, but I'll tell you kind of some of the prophetic words and things I've been hearing. Some of saying it's a year of the roar. Have you heard that one? I believe it. I don't know. A year of activity we heard last year, possibly a year of release. I do believe it certainly is a year that the church better wake up and learn how to fight better. Is that a good observation? We better be more strategic. We better be more aggressive. We, want, we better have better discernment than we've ever had before. Because I'm telling you, the one thing that we talked about in this pandemic is what worked before will not work again. Does that make sense? We can't just go back to do it the way we did it before. I don't know if you believe that or not, but there has to be a change along the way. There has to be a way that we do this thing different. So let's talk about this whole Ignite thing. And I'm not going to, some of the stuff you've heard me say before, but I want to, I want us to lay a foundation that I want to really get some of you encouraged because my heart is this, and this has always been my heart for 30 years, to be honest with you. My heart has always been and this has been my, kind of like my MO, is that when, when people discover and find out that God really thinks that they're important and he loves them, everything changes. The end. Doesn't that sound simple? 
But when you find out that you're important to God, this young man, how old are you? Yeah. 21. I was about 19 when God turned my world upside down. I got to say when I was 12, but about 19, and I'm going to read a couple things, when God turned my life upside down. So when God comes to a 21-year-old and zeroes in and begins to declare that he's important to God and he has a purpose and a destiny and a plan, right? And you actually believe that and you actually receive it and you actually walk in it, Everything changes for you. You're not just another number. Another number. Coming to church and leaving church and coming to church and leaving church. But all of a sudden, you're somebody, not in pride and not in arrogance. Now stop that stuff. We've gone the other extreme. We don't want people to think they're too much and too... Listen, that's not the issue that we have for the most part. The issue is we got to build them up. We got to undergird them we got to encourage them we got to tell them do you realize that i would say 99.9 percent of my prophetic words that i've given in the last 30 years which have probably been thousands almost all of them talk about how incredible you are and how much god loves you and cares about you and wants to use you he doesn't rake you over the coals he doesn't bring up all your weaknesses and all your stupid things that you've done and we've all done them. And matter of fact, I'll be honest with you. I've told Chris before, I'd be like, oh, my God, if I ever would have known them before I prophesied, I never would have prophesied that. Well, of course I wouldn't have because that's me. That's not God speaking. Amen. So my hopes this morning is if I can if I can get 50 percent of you to believe this message. I will be happy. You know, it's funny. This is. How many, does anybody know this? How many evangelicals do they say that are in the world today? I heard that number once. Rick, do you know that number? I know it would. Give me an exaggerated number. Okay. So let's say, let's say we have one billion evangelical Christians. How many people are in the world today? Does anybody know that? How many? Okay. 7.1 billion. Let's say in 2021 that one of our goals was to influence Christians, of course, and to help and undergird. But the second was, was to win one person, one, to the gospel. So you do the math. If we have a billion, we cut it in half. We're saying a billion are carnal. And a billion are spiritual. If a billion Christians won one person to Christ this year, how many would we gain? We would now be at 2 billion. Now go to 2022. If 2 billion people won one person to Christ in 2022, where would we be? 4 billion. In three years, we've already won the world to Christ. I'm saying it can be done. I'm not telling you it will be, 
But we, we make this thing so difficult, so massive, and so beyond us. Instead of saying, you know, New Year's resolution, I want to win my whole school to Christ. That's a, great, that's a great goal to have. What about just winning one person for the gospel? Just one. Give me one that I can touch, influence, and change. Because if I touch one and that one touches another one, we actually might be doing something constructive. Can anybody say amen? amen? All right. Let's talk about this whole idea of ignite. To ignite somebody's gift and call, it will equal, we talked about, a new excitement in your Christian walk. Um, let me, I just want to lay this. I'm going to give you four points in this. Number one, before we talk about igniting the calls and the gifts, we have to understand this. It is, don't get mad at me, it is your responsibility to aggressively pursue the gifts and the call of God upon your life. And by the way, if you're parents, for your children's lives. That is your job. Can anybody say amen? amen. It's your job to be responsible to go after what God has put inside of you to be used to the fullest extent that he wants it to be used. That's when things happen. When you start seeking, when you start knocking, when you start asking, when you start pursuing, when you start praying passionately, things begin to happen for you and me. Does that make sense? I've seen that every season of my life. So when we talk about igniting the call and the gifts, it has to start with you. And by the way, we're going to discover when I say it starts with you, it also starts with the Holy Spirit doing it in you. Does that make sense? Because we're going to discover today that it is all about the Holy Spirit for this thing to happen. Ephesians 5.17 says this. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You are supposed to know what God's will is for your life. Now, I'm not, I'm not bringing you any kind of condemn, condemnation if you're at a place right now that says, I don't have a glorious clue as to what God's specific will is for me. If that's true, then be real and say it's true, but change it. Good preaching, Jeff. Change it. Go after it. Say, God, I don't know what it is that is, is supposed to happen. We've been having conversations in my household for careers and what they're going to do. All I care about in the carnal mind is that they're rich and successful so they can take care of me when I get old. Can anybody say amen? And they brag sometimes that they're going to be more successful than me and wealthier than me. Kirk, do you think I have a problem with that even a little bit? Wouldn't that be wonderful if our children outdid us in every area? Do we not want that? But, but Elle has been toying around what she wants to be. <laughs> Just, I won't tell you what she wants. to. She wants to be a doctor. I'll tell on her. And I'm okay with that. And I'm like, do you realize the time and the energy that that thing's going to take? And money. There's that little thing of money. I do, I do. And I said, well, side note, you better find out from God if that's what he wants you to do. Do we say that to our kids? I hope you do. What is God's will? Because listen, if God's will is for her to be a, a doctor, then God will help her be an God-anointed 
doctor that will do things for the kingdom of God in that arena that will change lives. We need anointed doctors and lawyers and carpenters and plumbers and politicians. Jesus, help us. Do we not? But you need to hear from God. That's what he wants me to do. Not just, I've said this before, and, and some of you have said this, don't get mad at me, but you've, you've gone carnal and rogue with your own personal philosophy in your household. Oh, little Johnny, you can do whatever you want. Well, that's really <laughs> spiritual. That's so unbiblical, it's ridiculous. Well, but you don't understand, I'm just trying to encourage little Johnny. No, you're putting... And listen, I'm not here to, to mess with you. But, but why, why, don't we, why don't we do it kingdom way? Listen to me, little Johnny. You can be anything that God has destined you to be. And go for it and do it. But you're not writing your own. You're not in control of your life. You don't teach them from a young age. When I would go to bed at night and, and lay hands on them and pray for their death, they always heard me pray, God's will be done. God, watch over them. Let the will of the Lord. They always heard that. I was, I was pre-programming them. Matter of fact, when we couldn't have babies and we didn't know if we were going to have babies, I was praying for my babies. I was speaking life over my babies. I was already praying for my grandchildren. And you say you're insane. Well, maybe I was. That's how I function. You know, that's how God functions. He says before I even formed you in the womb. I already knew you. I already knew what you're supposed to be and become. So, so it's not weird to pray for those that aren't even here yet. The reason why I did that, when we talk about the word, God gave me a word when I was in college and I was 18, 19 years old that, that God would bless my grandchildren. And I'm thinking, well, two plus two, if I'm supposed to have grandkids, that means I'm probably supposed to have kids. Can anybody say Amen. So when I was fighting and warring for kids, that would come back to me. And that would come in remembrance. We're going to talk about that today. So listen, 1 Corinthians 14.1, I will watch time. Says this, pursue love. We're talking about, remember, pursuing gifts and call. Desire, it says, or to burn with desire, to desire eagerly or intensely spiritual gifts. Do you know that scriptures in the Bible? It is your responsibility to pursue spiritual gifts and discover what the ones that God has given you because those gifts are not for you but for the body. Does that make sense? Matter of fact, it says, especially that you may what? Why do you think that, that Paul put that in there? He, he goes on to say, because prophecy is edification, exhortation, building up, comfort, right? It's a gift that changes people's lives. It's no better than anyone else, but it does do something that I've at least I've seen change people's lives. All right, so number one, you have the responsibility to go after the gifts and the call of God. Number two, understand this. The call and the gifts are given by God and revealed and discovered by the Holy Spirit. You cannot carnally figure this thing out. You can't go home and do a little test, which I believe in natural tests, about your giftings and about your strengths. I believe in those. 
I'm not talking about that. We're talking about that which God has put on the inside of you. How does it, how is it revealed? Go to Ephesians 1. Let me read this real quick. I'm gonna, some of these things I won't, I won't spend too much time and you'll have to go back to them. Remember Rich said you better bring your Bible. How many of you brought your Bible today? All right. I won't do what he did and make, make you raise it. But watch this. So Ephesians 1, let's actually read, let me read 15 through 18. Therefore also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now watch this. That the God of glory, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation in the what? Knowledge of him. Now watch this. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know was what? The hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance in his saints. Eyes of your understanding being light says literally means that your heart may receive the brightness of hope resulting when the wealth of God's investment is understood in you. Do you know that God has invested everything in you? Everything. He's given his son for you. And so we miss out sometimes because the gifts and the calls are revealed through the Holy Spirit. Everything that's been notable in our lives, when I got saved and I found myself going forward at age 12 and saying to myself, why are you going forward? You don't like these people. You don't like church. You don't like, I called them rednecks. You don't want to be here. Why are you going forward? My spirit man, for some reason, was going forward. And I didn't want to go forward. And they brought me through the sinner's prayer. And I'm like, what am I doing and why am I rehearsing? And I went to bed that night and I said, oh my God, I'm in a cult. I've become one of them. How has this happened? I'm, that's what I felt like. Because you want to know why? My mind couldn't comprehend, nor did it like. But my spirit connected to the message. And it drew me to it you don't understand you don't understand what I was how much I despised church and churchy people and Christians they were my enemy Brian I now became friends with my enemy and I'll never forget the first week of all my drug friends Jeff we're going to meet behind the school this morning and smoke dope. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do that anymore. <laughs> I'm not one of them. No, I can't do that. So what are you talking about you can't do? Well, here we go. I got railed for three years by my old friends. Can anybody say amen? amen. And they were relentless and dogged me and ridiculed me and tore into me. Because I became a Bible thumper all of a sudden. Come on. 
But listen to me. Something happened on the inside. You know, isn't it funny that you ever wondered why the scripture says that, 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 that they prophesy according to your faith? Do you realize the depth of your prophetic word? Why do you think like the Sylvia Evans or the Bishop Bill Hammonds or my father Apostle C or, or all those that have been in this, why do you think their prophetic words have more strength and more, right? Because they have greater knowledge and faith on the inside of them. Does that make sense? Listen to me. A 12-year-old can prophesy, but it's not the same strength. Does that make sense? And so I want you to go to a passage. This is fresh. God just spoke to this to this recently, and I thought it was, at first, I've never, go to Ezekiel 37. You know this passage. I've never used it in context to this, but God really revealed this to me, and hopefully you can catch this. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You do it when you get a chance. 37, 1 through 14 is incredible. Let me give you a couple of the areas there. We know the story. Ezekiel is brought to the Valley of the Dry Bones. God asked him a question, can these bones live? And he said, the great question, the great answer was, only you know. Listen, if God asks you a question you don't know, what do you say? Oh, you all just failed. If God asks you a question that you don't know, what do you say? Lord, only you know. You're safe. Can anybody say amen? The end. He says in verse 5, thus says the Lord, to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into them, he says. Then he goes over to go to verse 9. Also, he said to me, prophesy the breath, prophesy son of man and say to the breath. Did you ever catch that? He's telling them to prophesy, Donna. You caught it? I never have. You're smarter than me. He said to prophesy to the breath and breathe. And then he talks about come from the four winds breath and breathe on these slain that I may live or they may be they may live so he prophesies to the breath and they came in and they lived and they stood up as we know a great vast army and hope comes and the spirit of God comes inside of them as I was praying the other day and and I even brought this I'm not gonna I might read one or two because you'll be really surprised I this comes back to the Christian international days. Have you ever heard of Bishop Bill Hammond? How many of you have ever heard of Bishop Bill Hammond? A handful of you. Back in the day, we were commanded that when we got a prophetic word, within 30 days, right, Chris? You had to write it, look it over, and submit it to those that were over you in the Lord, which is good. That's good protocol. I have, I have a couple more of these in my office. And it says, thus says the Lord, my personal prophecies. And, and these have been crucial to my walk for 30 years. Matter of fact, I have to tell you, there have been more than one time that I may not have made it if it wasn't for some of these words inside here. Do you hear me? That's how strong I believe in this. But as I was praying about this, God began to show me in this passage that in 2021... The words that have been on the shelves, do you hear me? The promises that God has given us, he's going to begin to breathe new life. In the breath of God, 
is going to begin to resurrect the word of the Lord again. Do you know that some of these in here for me go back to 1989 was my first prophetic prophecy that I ever got. And I had no clue as to what God had called me to be or become. Not a glorious clue. And they read my mail and they begin to talk about me being prophetic and prophesying. Let me give you one, Rick. This, this will be interesting for you to hear because you were a part of this. I got to be careful because I start crying sometimes when I read these. 52490. I won't read you the whole thing, just the parts of it. For my son, I've seen you in these times. I've seen you in the joy times, the times of just rejoicing. But I say this to you, that this until I say it, I am bringing you into the fullness of my spirit, and I'm bringing you in, and you'll see signs and wonders. And you'll even travel to Africa. In 1990, I got a promise. When did I travel to Africa? 2019. God is faithful. Do you hear me? And, he, and it goes on to say to South Africa and many other things. And it says, and I'm going to move you across this nation. You'll speak, you'll proclaim, and you'll prophesy to the hearts and the lives of many. I no more had any understanding of the prophetic than a man in the moon. I couldn't even speak in front of people. You want, you've heard this story before, but when you were in my college class and you were on my marketing team and we had to do presentations, you weren't happy to get Jeff Ekstrom. Can you say weak link, the mumbler, the stumbler? And I would go back to God and I would say, I can't even stand in a classroom and say things right and I'm going to stand before the nations one day and prophesy? Have you lost your cotton-picking mind? Yes, I did. <laughs> walking, walking for Donia at night, I said it many times, as I debated with God that the call that he put on my life, that he had the wrong guy. You missed the mark. You're out of your mind. That's how I talk to God, Diane. I'm sorry. That's who I is. Always been like that. He knows me, thank God. I'm real. But listen to me. It's not according to the flesh. It's according to the Holy Spirit and what is put inside of you and me. And we've limited ourselves so many times. And we shortchanged ourselves as to what we ever could do and become. Because we've seen all of our frailties and all of our weaknesses and all of our inconsistencies. And we don't take time. To hear what God says. And every time, every time when I'm broken and I've failed and I'm repenting before God and I think he's going to slap me. Every time, Tim, he speaks a word of encouragement. There's not been one time. Not once. I always leave. That time, I'm like, how can you be this good to me when I'm so stupid? And he probably says, I know you're stupid, but I love you anyways. Can anybody say amen? So in this passage, I just want to encourage you. Begin to believe that God is going to begin to breathe on what he told you. 
Look at what's happened with Rick's life and going to ISA. How many years has that vision been in the closet? When did you and Sandy start getting words about doing mission work? About the same time. And what's it? So 2020, 30 years later, part of the dream is beginning to unfold. Because you want to know why? God is faithful. Even when we're not faithful, even when we may be whatever along the way, he's faithful. Number three, keep me on track, AJ. The call and the gifts are confirmed or even activated by others. God always uses the body. I'll never forget getting into an argument with, I'll just say his name. I loved him and he, and he believed it. You ready? All right, give me, come up, but give me five minutes. The gifts and the calls are activated by others. I want you to read, I'm going to read this. Go to 1 Timothy 2, 12 through 16. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Are you there? Let's get a couple more scriptures to read. You know this. Don't despise the youth you believe. Go down to 14. It says, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by how? By prophecy, the laying out of hands of eldership, or that would be prophetic presbytery. If you go over to Romans 1.11, it says this, for I long to see you, Paul says, that I may impart some spiritual gift so that you may be established. I could give you another 15 words or 15 scriptures, but listen. God always uses other people to confirm and to sometimes even activate for the first time what he's put inside of you. Do you know that? So please understand something. This is where we get messed up. You do need the body. You do need me and I do need you because you carry things that I need and I carry things that you need. And we see when it comes to the calls and the gifts, numerous times, if I had time to read this, they would be in here that I activate, I release. They would lay hands on me and they would activate and stir up and release what God has put on the inside of me. Now, I didn't understand that mentally. And I don't think Timothy fully understood the depth of his call when Paul and the presbytery began to pray the pastoral anointing upon his life he wasn't going to go to college he wasn't going to he wasn't going to go to the greatest Levitical priesthood studying but he was going to be stirred in the Holy Ghost and activated and released in what God has called him to do listen to me God uses other people to help you does that make sense I told you that I had a argument with a minister one time that he said that well everything that God says to me has to bring confirmation or it's not God I said well you're full of pride that means that you always hear from God that's not scriptural that's your own doctrine amen there's been numerous prophetic words that I didn't understand or agree with but I did understand the person that gave them and I chose to believe it even though I'd never heard that before when God began to tell me about a season of pastoring for my life, 
Chris will testify to this. I said no. God said yes. I'm calling you to pastor. I said no, you're not. I don't like that. But God didn't care. Anybody say amen. So God uses other finally. And then we're going to do communion. We must, by the Holy Spirit, continue to stir and activate the gifts and the call on our own. Do you hear me? 2 Timothy 1.6 says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. This is Paul again. 2 Timothy 1.14. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. Meaning, there's going to come seasons when you're not going to believe any longer really what God said. The enemy is going to begin to try to steal it and take it. And what Paul was telling Timothy, you got to stir that thing back up. you got to bring back to remembrance when you heard from God and when somebody spoke over your life. You've got to grab hold. Do you understand when I say stir up what that means? You begin to pray. You begin to walk in your your closet and you begin to proclaim and you begin to say, God, I believe that. I know you said it. I know everything's contrary right now, AJ, but yet I believe and I begin to stir up the gifts that are within me. Everything may be going to hell in a handbasket, but God, yet I believe the word of the Lord. I stir up faith. I stir up hope. I stir up life. I know my children are going astray in this next season. But you gave me a promise that they would serve you all the days of your life. So I stand upon the word of God. I stir up the call upon their lives. I activate and release angels. That's the way you got to pray sometimes. You can't just say, oh, I know there's different seasons of prayer. But I'm talking about stirring up your faith sometimes. Because you got to bring it to a, to, to a new level sometimes. Does that make sense? So finally, let me wrap this up. We're going to do communion. This is what will happen. This will cause an excitement to you and to those that you are around like you've never experienced before. The Bible talks about he diffuses. Remember that scripture? He diffuses his knowledge or his glory. When you begin to catch this, when you begin to grab hold of it, believe it, live it, walk in it, have real legitimate excitement in life and joy, do you know what that does to those around you? Anybody say amen. I'll end on this, and then we'll do communion. You've heard this before, but somebody needs to hear this. And my poor children and wife always get this. Chris said, don't use me this morning. This is the truth. Not only this, but let me tell you what's made me stay right and stay strong. It's been this. And I hope that this resonates with you. In the seasons, how many of you ever had seasons that you wanted to quit on God? A lot of you are lying. For me, I would get a vision of what would happen to my family if I quit. Do you hear me? 
What would be the consequences if Jeff Ekstrom decided to turn his back on God and walk with him no more? That is the most selfish decision you could ever make in your life. Because you not only affect your life, but every single person you were ever called to touch, to influence, to encourage, to bless, may not ever receive it. And that has kept me right. The thoughts of God saying someday, Ellen never made it because you turned your back on God. And she did see a God, a father in the morning, studying the Bible, seeking heaven, interceding, praying, believing, trusting. Listen, you can find a lot of holes in my life, a lot of weaknesses. I need a lot of help, just like you. But I want to be remembered as a husband and a dad that sought God all the days of his life. Do you hear me? That was in the throne room petitioning on my behalf and their behalf. That God's will would be done in their life. So don't you become passive in this next new year. You begin to storm the gates of hell. You begin to petition heaven for the blessing of God to fall like never before. For God to do the miracles that we've talked about. The signs and the wonders. The releasing of the church to be the church again. Some of us just need a good kick in the rear end sometimes. Can anybody say amen? I'm done. Let's do communion. How do you want to do it, AJ?